0: Subway Sports Talk. Dan, Dan,
1: Dan, clear of the closing doors, please.
0: All right, here we go, boys. There's some pep in my step on today's Subway Sports Talk. There were moments where I didn't know it was going to happen. We didn't think we'd have this moment to discuss the NBA Finals. But it's here. We're talking about it on Subway Sports Talk. I have a podcast app, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Obviously, the NBA Outsiders are here. The big four. We don't got a starting five tonight, but we got a big four. I'll tell you what. And first and foremost, John Lucas Duffy, what up, dog?
2: I'm ready. I feel like no matter what. I'm gonna come out of this finals a winner, because like you said, there was a moment in time when we thought we weren't gonna get it, and I just feel so blessed. So hashtag blessed right now to be with with the with the core four on NBA Finals Eve.
0: Oh, beautiful, beautiful what you're telling me right now, Frank Villani, also in the in the fray. What's up, dog?
1: How we doing? What's up, Petey?
0: Bro, I, I'm overwhelmed, honestly. I'm overwhelmed. And last but not least, before I start tangling. Tangent, Tangenting? Tangenting? I'm doing it already. I don't even know what the hell I'm about to say. Kyle Anderson. What's up, man?
3: What's up, man? What's going on? Yo. The finals are tomorrow, man. bro. The finals are tomorrow.
0: Oh, my God. It's and today. It it's today. Think about it like this. This podcast comes out the morning of the finals. So we're talking the night before You're recording. Right. You're right.
3: You're the right. The finals
0: are tonight, bro. How about that?
2: Think about how much more excited the people listening to this podcast are than mm-hmm. us right now. They're not those extra 12 hours.
0: <laughs> it It's true. Well, it's insane to me. And like, you know, the Yankee game was on tonight uh, while we're recording this. The, uh, you know, basketball starts today. You, I'm confusing you with the days, but whatever. And then it's just right back into another football weekend. It's overwhelming. I'm I'm actually really glad that we don't normally have this. I can't handle it. I don't think.
1: Yeah, everything is coming back very fast uh especially i mean it's been on pause for so long so i'm kind of ready for it i'm just like jesus take the wheel at this point i'll take it all <laughs> and outside. honestly
3: f- f- for a guy like me like you know I've, I've been trying to watch all these shows you know recently and with all this you know all the sports action i haven't i like i'm almost like like just like dude i need a break like i just want to watch one show and try and develop one you know try and get moving with one but with all the sports action, like how can I not watch, you know, Yankees playoffs? How can I want not watch uh, NBA finals? How can I cannot watch football on Sundays or and Saturdays. You know, it's just every day there's sports. So I mean, look,
2: and Thursday and Monday. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah dude, <laughs> yo, like I'm sorry, man, but the show's got to wait. They'll 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 be there tomorrow. That's my that's my mindset right now.
0: For real, I haven't touched my my PS4 or uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon show, and I, bro, and The Boys is one of my shows on Amazon Prime that I was so excited for the new season. Crushed the first three, the first one in one day. Haven't even remotely considered picking it up again because, bro, every night there's something. Even even like Thursday night, it's the Jets and the Broncos. But like I'm probably I'm gonna watch it. Let's be honest, like I'm gonna oh, watch yeah. it. Like I'm I'm gonna watch the entire thing, basically. It's awesome. <laughs> we haven't even mentioned yet that it's the heat in the Lakers. Like, so on top of us getting the finals in general, you know, being lucky enough that the season uh, picked up and it worked out, you know, there wasn't an outbreak in the bubble. And I'm looking at my TV screen behind, um, you know, our, our chat in the computer right now. And it's talking about the Titans players testing positive. The NBA avoided that. The MLB, you know, had it and figured it out. Hopefully the NFL can do the same. We're finally here. I almost don't even care if it was the Pistons versus uh, the freaking Kings in the finals. Like, I would just be excited. But now we have LeBron James versus Old Foe. We have the Lakers, marquee franchise, back in the finals. We have a new star in the finals, and Anthony Davis. Will he turn it up another level? We got Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, and Pat Riley with a ragtag team of misfits and young guys and veterans. Bro, the storylines are immense I almost am a little sad that we don't have more time to kind of like really let it sink in and not be worried about breaking down week three because we'd have, you know, three or four days in a row of LeBron's legacy and the Lakers and all this stuff. But we're going to squeeze it in right now, right? In one podcast episode before the show, we'll talk about it throughout the series. But I just can't believe it's actually here, to be honest. Oh, I want to talk about real quick. I just
2: want to. I just want to hop into it. I just want to go. I got so many. I feel the juice is flowing. I don't know about you guys, but Let's I feel ride, really, man. really. You're talking about all these storylines. You're talking about all these players that we got involved. I'm really excited. I want to. I want to hear from you guys, what the matchup you're most looking forward to is. Because a lot of people would say, you know, it's Jimmy Butler versus LeBron James. You know, something like that. I'm really excited for, and this is, I told you guys I was going to bring up two prop bets, one real, one fake. This is the real prop bet that I want to talk about. Kyle Kuzma versus Duncan Robinson. I want to talk about that matchup. No, I'm just kidding. All right, oh, so exactly. of- <laughs> I, I was actually
0: interested until you stopped there. I was like, "Yo, actually, that could be a Lynchpin yep. matchup in the series." Say, we're, we're, we're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's
2: how I know you guys are NBA junkies like me. No, nah, I'm not gonna start the people off on the matchup. Like we that. also
0: know Duncan I Robinson gonna give him to work.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think we would all take Duncan Robinson <laughs> in that matchup, and he's actually that is a real prop bet. He is actually favored. Um, <laughs> I want st- to I want to start with Bam Adebayo, and I want to start with Anthony Davis. I really feel like this is gonna be the X factor of the series because. We've seen Anthony Davis get bodied on the boards. LeBron James is going to outplay Jimmy Butler. There's I would bet my life on that. And this is really just uh kind of we versus me finals. Like LeBron is going to try and put this team on the on his back. Anthony Davis is amazing and it seems like he does it by accident sometimes. So I would love to see a guy like Bam Adebayo who doesn't have as much talent as Anthony Davis. He's he's getting there, but he's he doesn't have as much talent. But he has that mentality that we wish Anthony Davis has. So that's really the matchup I am so much – I'm so looking forward to see. And, Pete, because you are the host, you are you are a great host of this podcast. Thank you. You always elect to go last. <laughs> I am making you go first now that I've posed so, this question. So glad so you Pete, did. So, Pete, let me let me hear what you think of this matchup. Let me hear what you think about who's going to have the edge.
0: All right. So let me say this first. In, in a future episode, can we – can we just let it ride, where you actually just host the whole show? I kind of want to sit back, like I just want to feel it from the other side, real quick. So we'll we'll tell yeah, around it around. Future we'll, show. We'll, we'll I think one. you have some something up your sleeve over there. So I want, I want to see it happen in in, in, in like full, in full force. But anyways, Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis. The way I look at it is like you said, Anthony Davis, better player, more talented right now, right? Bam Adebayo is, in my opinion, one of the worst matchups for Anthony Davis and it's not even about physical matchup. Bam has that mentality that you can, you know, I don't want to say you're going to make Anthony Davis shake in his boots. That's not how it's going to be, right? He's not going to be scared. He's not going to be like, oh, my God, I can't beat him. But Bam has the the ability to make Anthony Davis settle for jump shots, make him use more finesse because he can't bully around Bam. And one of these strengths for the Lakers that we've kept – falling back on this entire uh, you know, season and that playoff run is they got big dudes when everyone else is going small. And when it comes down to it, who's stopping Braun? Who's stopping Anthony Davis? Well, I'll tell you who's giving you probably the best shot in the entire league right now. It's Bam Adebayo. And that dude is also going to make you work on defense. So offensively, we were probably on this podcast early adapters to his multifaceted offensive talent you know, moving the ball, his passing was incredible, setting screens, sneaky good finisher. He's going to make whoever's guarding him, like, have a a rough time on both ends of the floor. I think where Anthony Davis lucks out is that he won't be guarding Bam Adebayo. They're going to put Dwight Howard, they're going to put JaVale McGee on him, and that'll help AD stay fresh. But then when Bam starts killing you, we're going to have to see AD do it on both ends. And I'm going to be quite honest, I think Bam... Goes neck and neck with him. The series is not won in that matchup. It's at minimum stymied if Bam doesn't even take some cake.
1: I honestly couldn't agree more. Um, I, and to your, to one of your points that you made, I really do think they're going to shelter Anthony Davis from this matchup um, for as long as they can until until it seems like you know they're not in control. Which seems to be LeBron's thing. I know we talk about the switch. He one hundred percent has the switch, by the way. Uh he can turn it on at a moment's notice. But yeah, I, I see them sheltering themselves from this because honestly, I don't think they want it. Bam is as athletic as anybody in the league. He's big enough where he I think he's stronger than Anthony Davis, potentially. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see that as a matchup. The Lakers are outright winning.
2: Hold up, hold up. All right, so I I was gonna do my best Petey Peppers impression and go last here, but I can't. I can't just <laughs> sit here and abide this. So you really go think, go f- you you guys don't think that Anthony Davis is gonna have the edge in this matchup? You really think at best they can hope the Lakers the the best the Lakers can hope for is that Anthony Davis will be not the
0: best even
1: or no. But- I think will actually happen. I think
0: I think well there's two ways to look at it. So let me ask answer, uh, answer your question with another question. Like if we're looking at statistics, I think there's a great chance that Anthony Davis averages 28 points when Bam averages 19 or 18, right? And that's just not going to be what means winning or losing. It's going to be how hard was that 28? Was it like a floating 28 where Anthony Davis like got a few lobs, did a couple of this, couple of that, you know, or was he consistently working, getting to the free throw line, not settling for fadeaways? Like, it depends how it plays out. I think, you know, my take is that Bam is going to make it so where it's way more evenly matched than we think, or maybe then, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how to, how to phrase that, but Anthony Davis still better. I think Bam takes away from Anthony Davis's greatness rather than Anthony Davis running away and uh, abusing and, or just winning this matchup.
2: If that- I think Anthony Davis is going to average 30 in this series. Like I, if mm. LeBron James right at this very second is in Anthony Davis's hotel room with the little twin bed. Cause LeBron got the suite and so did Rondo. <laughs> Anthony Davis got the little, he's sitting with him on the little twin bed. No, LeBron's sitting on the twin bed. Anthony Davis is on the cot. And he's telling Anthony Davis, if you don't step your shit up, I will trade you back to New Orleans. I swear to God, he will re-sign this summer, this winter, and I will trade you back to New Orleans if you don't step your shit up and and average freaking 10 rebounds a game and 30 points. I think he's going to come out like a house on fire. I think he's been... Floating through the playoffs, you're right about that. But this is the time. This he has too much talent. He's got a he's got a nut up at this point, and really dig his heels in and assert his dominance on someone like Bam Adebayo, who is certainly the media darling in this matchup. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve respect, recognition for all the things he's doing. We love him on this podcast. I I love him as a player. Talking about Bam Adebayo, but. This is a huge moment for Anthony Davis and all the times that Shaq and Chuck and everyone else has been calling him soft. This is his moment to step up. And I think he's going to assert that dominance, Kyle, go ahead.
3: For me, man, bam, at least defensively, you know, for, for Anthony Davis, I think you make a great point, Pete. Cause I think that he's going to, it's, it's going to be, whatever Anthony Davis scores is going to be a hard earned, you know, 30 or hard earned, you know, 25, whatever it is. Because Bam is one of those guys that like when you go to play against Bam, you look at him at the tip off and you're like, damn, like, dude, this is this is gonna be a long 48 minutes, you know, because it's a nonstop battle. It's physical. Okay. For me, for me, it reminds me almost like to try try and like compare like a def- like a football thing. For me, it's like a defense tackling Derrick Henry. Like, they had to tackle Derrick Henry for four quarters. And, you know, like, by that fourth quarter, you're like, dude, I don't want to do this shit no more, man. Like, it, it becomes a business decision. I think, you know, for, for Bam, you know, I think – I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to want to bang for four quarters, okay? And I think for Anthony Davis, for him personally, you know, to to get his production – He's gonna need to kill Kelly Olynyk when he when Bam is out of the game. He needs to go off and defensively. You know if he if you know at least when I know he probably won't Kelly be matched Olenek's up on him, minutes? dude. It, but who else, who else is gonna guard the five? Then is my is what I'm thinking about. Our guard AD is for me, like because whoever whoever gets subbed out for Bam, like is Bam gonna play 40 minutes? Yeah, I guess that's, the that's Lakers have thing. way more size. He's gonna have to eat minutes. He couldn't do it. Yeah. Like series. You're gonna have to because because yeah. if I'm if I'm if I'm Frank Vogel right now, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm starting Dwight Howard. And I'm be like, all right, dude, yo, you go bang with with Bam because you're more physical than him. And yo, you go guard, you know, uh, you know, Iggy or or whoever the next four is. You know what I mean? Like I I think you really have to Dwight Howard has to have a huge series, I think, for Anthony Davis to do whatever he wants offensively. So he can, you know, pretty much take a break and help off on defense, you know, protect the rim. All right. I want to talk about, we talked, we
2: talked about the, the big man superstars on either team. I just want to, actually, I'm going to switch it up. Let's go to the keys for each team. I want to start with the heat. Cause I was looking some numbers up preparing for this pod and it blew my mind. The heat shot 33% from three in the Eastern Conference Finals, and it was, yeah, it was a six-game series, but they felt like they won it handily, and they were, they could have, they they could have swept it, it felt like. They just always felt like they had control, and they only shot 33% from three. That kind of blew my mind, and I really think they could not have a repeat of that performance, and Kyle, you made me think of it, because you're talking about Kelly Olynyk, who's going to eat up those minutes, and I think it's going to be kind of center by committee where one game he's going to play derrick jones jr the next game he's going to play Ter- kelly Olynyk, that type of thing and just hope spolster's just going to hope that one of those guys gets hot on either end of one single game that can you know kind of be that x factor to to lift them in those off minutes where bam is just trying to steal rest for you know eight minutes a game or whatever it is
0: yeah he's averaging so, 37 minutes a game bam by the way yeah he in played
2: 39 in game six he's he's up there and he's gonna it's gonna have to stay like that later in the playoffs your rotations always tighten up it's just how it is um but i agree with you kyle that someone someone's gonna eat those minutes it's gonna be one of those two guys so i think three-point shooting is the key for the heat because they do not have the inside advantage anymore bam was the clear the clear winner of the tice matchup or grant williams or robert williams or whoever enos Cantor, whatever bam was better than all those guys he's not better than anthony davis in terms of talent so three point shooting is the key for me. They obviously the Heat obviously share the ball well. They get open shots. They need to make those open shots. And they can't bank on Tyler Hero doing it every game. So for me, three point shooting, anyone else step forward. What's the key for the Heat? Well, let me
3: just hey, let, oh go ahead. Now I was
0: gonna say one more thing on um the Anthony Davis situation with the matchup here. Uh, and this is just a question we can chew on it. We can come around to it as we continue to talk about this stuff is Anthony Davis. Who's never been in this series of a, of a playoff matchup by any means like the, the Western conference finals. Neither is, the, is,
2: neither is anyone else on. That's fine. Besides
0: Andre Iguodala. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm just going to say this is Anthony Davis got the mentality of Paul George or does he have the mentality of Kawhi Leonard, right? Like, is he going to back away? Is he going to come up small? Cause he's never done this. And he did good in the Western Conference Finals, but you know no one on that team was challenging him the way Bam's going to. And that's the main point here. So there's a question mark for AD, despite his talent. Do you don't think where, no pitch was challenging? No, no, it was a challenge, but it's not a defensive challenge the way, the way Bam is. I'm talking about AD on offense, specifically. Like, is he going to come out and say, I am the man, stop me, I dare you? Or is he going to say, or is he going to consistently show that this is a grind and this is really hard, like, no matter what happens here? You know, and that's that's the question. Just think about it as we move on. Now continue, Kyle. Sorry.
3: No, no, you're right. So so look, man, because you you bring up a great point, man. Like I said, dude, it's gonna be a long and to your point, be a long 48 minutes. You know, is he gonna settle at the end of the fourth quarter, you know, when he doesn't want to be physical? Or is he gonna be like, yo, dude, I you know, I have to catch the ball on this block and make a you know, make an efficient move to the basket. You know, for for the heat. You know, I'm I'm kind of looking at two groups of matchups. All right, if you can just just hear me out. All right, for me, for the Heat, okay, you got Robinson, Hero, Crowder, and Drogic, right, shooting threes. And then for the for the Lakers, you have KCP, um, Danny Green, and Caruso, right. And obviously, kind of mixing their AD a little bit, and, or and you know, LeBron.
0: Morris probably right half and half.
3: Yeah. So and right, right, and Marke Morris correct. Yeah, for me, the Heat win that matchup um, just because, you know, the the Heat have more consistent shooters. um, They can create their own shots, you know, and on the Lakers side from those three, it's pretty streaky and inconsistent, and you don't know who you're going to get. You know, for, you know, just for the other group now, you know, kind of like the other, you know, group of matchups that I'm talking about, AD and LeBron versus Bam and Jimmy Butler now. You know, what are we going to, you know, who's going to be more productive out of those two? For me, I think it's going to be, and I think we can all agree, it's going to be Anthony Davis and LeBron. So mm-hmm. between those two, who's going to get, you know, more of, you know, I guess the the more, uh, the bigger difference in, in production there. Are we going to get more threes that are going to kind of buffer out AD and LeBron's po- performance, or is it going to be the other way around? You know, um, it's. I think it's going to be a game-to-game basis. I think this is going to be a lot tighter of a series than people think. Like, I, I I saw, like, you know, some of the lines from Vegas and everything. Like, you know, Miami Heat might be, like, you know, minus 280 or 300, something like that. I think it should be a lot closer. Honestly, uh, so I think it's going to go six or seven games for sure.
1: So for me, the key for the Heat is – is going to be their zone defense, specifically, um, which they've been lauded for this whole playoffs. People love it. And um, obviously, it's paid dividends for them. They've played really well. They've made it to the finals. It's not easy to make it here. But I feel like zone defenses, when they do struggle, it tends to be because of a savvy point guard or a savvy playmaker type, uh, which the Lakers have, you know, two two guys who are probably the best at it in the last decade or, you know, at least top five in playmaking in the last decade of basketball. So if the Lakers can render the Miami heat zone defense, like useless, I'm very worried for this series and I'm, you know, I could see it being four or five games, even though they still match up well individually, uh, just because of how much zone defense they like to play and how committed they are to you know who they are and how they got here kind of deal um so yeah i'd say that's my key if they can defend like like you said this this can go six or seven games like there's dogs on both sides like it's no none of the games are going to be blowouts i think but I'm yeah. excited. It's like... I love
2: your point about zone defense, Frank, and I think this is a big step. You know, the Celtics started to look like they were figuring out the zone defense in certain spots, and they realized, like, any wing could penetrate, get to the middle, make a play. Unfortunately for the Celtics, that person was Marcus Smart, and he's not known for his decision-making and shot selection. For the Lakers, it could be someone like Rajon Rondo, and that's just completely electric the way he sees different angles on the court and create plays for other especially from the middle of the zone while he's drawing attention I think that could be super yeah. dangerous for uh, the Heat but yeah. but to your point like who else who else is going to be that guy in the Lakers you know you know LeBron's always a threat AD's always a threat but other than those two guys you know how how worried are you about a, a Rondo-led team against the zone offense you know what I mean? That's like a yeah. that's a win for the Heat. So I like your point, Frank. That's all I want to say. Pete, go ahead.
0: I, no, I think at this point, Rondo, you just want minimal Rondo, right? You think efficiency not minimal, not, not minimal. Minimal is but, probably the wrong word, but you don't want maximum. Rondo. By, yeah, yeah. You want optimal Rondo, which is probably not you know twenty seven minutes. It's probably twenty minutes, right? But he might have to play thirty, so that becomes tough. But I want to ask you two, Kyle and Duff, specifically, as guys who probably understand the X's and O's a little better than, than Frank and I, to be honest, right? So, with the zone defense, it always comes back to the simple mindset of shooting crushes the zone, right? Well, the Celtics have shooting all over the place. They have a shooting, guys who can shoot, right? And that didn't work. So, the Lakers don't really have shooting, but what they do have is a guy in LeBron who's willing to attack and slice and dice and do what he can. So, yeah. what would you guys say schematically is most important to break down this zone um, which has been pretty damn successful to this point.
2: I would say that's a bit of a common misconception. Conception that shooting is what destroys zones. It's it's ball movement. It's ball movement, and it's getting to areas where zones are the weakest. The thing, right. the, the thing that man to man has the advantage over zone in in one aspect is that your defense is constantly adjusting to where the offensive players are. And you're shadowing them, right? And you're playing, you know, to help defense, maybe zone principles on the weak side, whatever. But the zone has clear, and if you're going you're talking two, three, whatever, it has clear weak spots. The middle at the top of the foul line, the the elbows when the ball's in the wing, the short corner, which you know, the NBA calls the dunker spot, things like that. There's are specific areas that you can attack that you're taught from like such a young age, which always blows like my mind, my brother's mind, my dad's mind. Like we all don't understand why it seems like NBA teams don't understand these little fundamentals about what zones are so, so vulnerable in certain areas. Um, so I, I would say the key is ball movement. Cause the longer you hold the ball, the tougher it's going to be because the zone becomes strong. Like if there's no motion, there's no movement, the zone isn't reacting to anything. Like think, think about a zone zone defense in football. Like you want guys going kind of, you want guys going across the field, right? So that if there's a handoff between linebackers, maybe there's a window, maybe they screw it up. Maybe if you send two people going the same place, they don't know, you know, which way to shuffle and guard and all this stuff. So the same is true in basketball. If you want to send guys through the middle of the zone, this way you have options. You always have options. You always want to look opposite. You want to move the zone side to side and find those weak spots. So I would say, that ball movement leads to open shots. And that's where that misconception is like shooting is always important, but the ball movement I, I is I, key I for me in the zone. Kyle, what, what about you?
3: Exactly. No, yeah, I agree because, you know, obviously they don't have great shooters um, or at least consistent shooters. Um, but the one thing that they do have is height and they cut well, they cut very well. So I think, you know, the fact that, you know, you're talking about, you know, uh, Rondo and LeBron, stuff. you know, those two guys that obviously are probably two of the best passers, you know, in the league. Right. Or, you know, just point guards and guys that usually find, you know, easy passes for layups and guys like Caruso and Kuzma and, you know, uh, AD and Dwight Howard, you know, AD and Dwight Howard are going to be like kind of in that in that short corner, you know, looking for lob spots, you know, or. Um, you know, Caruso and, uh, and Kuzma, you know, are guys that could probably flash at a foul line and get a quick jump shot or, you know, get, go in for a layup. You know, I think that's one of the good things for them is that they, they get a lot of movement with the ball. I think that's one of the things that hurt the Celtics, which is that, you know, they had a stagnant offense that did not move the ball well and the ball got stuck in guys' hands. And, you know, for his own defense, you know, that's, that's perfect or just any defense in general. But especially for for a zone defense, that constant communication when guys are cutting and, uh, you know, potentially losing guys when they do cut. When people are just standing around, that's like picture perfect for for your zone defense.
0: And that's what worries me a little bit about the Lakers here with the zone, right? We talk about Rondo and and LeBron being two of the best passers we've ever seen in our lifetime, right? But how much do they do in, in simpler pick and rolls or pounding the ball until they find a weak spot and they can attack and then create the you know, the breakdowns in the defense. If if Rondo and LeBron are pounding the ball at the top of the key, waiting for something to happen, and then I start to get a little nervous. You know, when when do these openings actually become open if there isn't consistent movement from the start? It's part of the reason why it was so shocking the Celtics didn't figure it out because we've thought of Brad Stevens-led teams in the past as teams who do play so together and move the ball so well and have off-ball movement all, all, all the time, right? But... Let me let me ask you this, because now to move off the zone specific matchup here, the Lakers have have really moved through the Western Conference pretty damn easily. Now we could talk about the Rockets dysfunction, we can talk about the Blazers getting hurt in the first round, uh, we could talk about the Nuggets just being still one year away from taking another step or being too fried from two three one comebacks. Who knows what it was, but the Lakers moved through this pretty quickly, right, in the Western Conference. We never would have said this before the playoffs started. But can now can we now confidently say this Heat team is the hardest matchup for them? We never would have said it beforehand. We probably wouldn't have even said it um, when the Heat were up 2 0 against the Bucs in round two. We would have said, oh, it still could be the Raptors. It still could be the Bucs. It could still be the Celtics. Can we now say that this is the toughest matchup and these are the two best teams in the finals? Obviously, the two best, right? You always say the two best teams make it, but Matchup wise, is this truly the toughest matchup they could have ran into?
3: Yes, I think this is the, I, if I'm I the Lakers in, in that Easter conference finals, I'm praying that the Celtics win. honestly, wow. I, I think their team matches up so much better because, you know, they have, they're, they're a wing led team, right? What do the Lakers have? A lot of wings, but they also have two bigs in the paint, you know, multiple bigs that can protect the rim. um, you know for the heat like they have four four guys that can get to it you know outside the perimeter like three from p- th- from three and you have all guys that are inconsistent from three you have a guy that is probably more physical than your best big and um you know he he's he's kind of when he goes honestly obviously when lebron goes the lakers go but When AD goes, everything else, like that's when you see stat lines for LeBron when he scores like 12 points and the Lakers win by 30. You know, it's because AD Mm. is just getting to it and no one can stop him. So LeBron's just feeding him the ball and he doesn't have to go off. When he has to go off, I feel like is when the Lakers are in kind of a tough position because that means the guys aren't really, you know, hitting from three or obviously like game game five where he just – obviously just took over. But I, I think the Heat was was the worst matchup they probably could have gotten out of the East, for sure.
0: Yeah, if, if LeBron could have 15, you know, fifteen, fifteen 15, and 18 assists, I think he would sign up for that every time because that means he didn't need to force the issue offensively. He no didn't doubt. need to right. force shots. They were playing well enough that they, they, they did it without him. And, and that's what you could almost argue he tried to do uh, throughout this playoff. And then there was probably a moment in the Nuggets series, most specifically, where it was like, all right, guys, like, don't worry. I'm just going to win these next two. Like, don't worry about it. When do we reach that point with LeBron in the series, if ever?
2: He always tries to defer early, and I think in the Nuggets series, you're right. He kind of, you could see him doing that early, and then you could, he kind of made that decision after the Nuggets won game uh, three, where he was just like, you know, screw this, I'm just doing it myself kind of mentality, getting himself going early, asserting himself. And then somehow I think that gives his teammates confidence. You know, like those, those games, when he really asserts, when LeBron asserts himself early, they always feel like they're close, but his team somehow draws confidence from that later in games. Like, damn, this guy's really, he's really doing this out here and he has the confidence to pass me the ball, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, you know, I have confidence in myself. And I think that that is contagious. Um, Pete, I want to go back to your point about, is this the toughest matchup for the Lakers so far? Because this was actually, that was going to segue right into my key for the Lakers, which is guard defense, not wing defense, like we were talking about the Celtics, like Kyle just said, guard defense. I I am going to be extremely frustrated if the Lakers look slow in game one or in game two, or if they narrowly win game one, something like that, and Goran Dragic goes crazy, or Tyler Hero goes crazy, because those are the two types of players, or that's that's the type of player that they have trouble guarding, those quick, kind of crafty point guards. Think, I mean, Jamal Murray is much more explosive, but that's the type of player that they cannot guard as a team. They just don't have... The guard defend. They miss Avery Bradley so much. I mean, people have been saying over and over. It's it's still true. He's not. He, I mean, he's not worth talking about because he's not coming back. But that's that's the biggest threat. It's not Jimmy Butler. It's not even Bam Adebayo so much because I think they have, you know, Anthony Davis probably not going to guard him most of the game. It's going to be Dwight Howard, and he's beefy enough and crafty enough to kind of deal with Adebayo. I don't know if that cutesy stuff that Howard was doing with Jokic is going to work, but I think Drogic and Hero are the two matchups for the Lakers defensively that are going to be the key to success for them. They need to really contain those guys if they want to assert their dominance and, and really kind of win by a big margin.
0: It's going to come down to containing those two guys, I feel like. And those are great points, Duff. And actually, what you just said brings me back to what Kyle said earlier. It's this equation. And uh, what do we say? Shaq and Charles always talk about the others, right? So mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about – I'm just going to make up numbers here, so bear with me. But maybe it'll make sense. If LeBron and AD are going to out plus minus, uh, just to use a term here, uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam by 10, Ken Dragic, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, etc., out plus minus – um, the others on the Laker, which includes a ton of people. Scoring? We didn't is we that didn't say Danny what, outscore. I mean yes, but like outscore, but not specifically in points, I'm saying. Like in, in overall effect. Uh, I don't know. What a gotcha. you know what gotcha. I mean. I got you. Yeah, so uh the others on the Lakers versus the others on the Heat and calling Drogic and Hero others at this point is probably rude, but for the point we'll we'll leave it. Can those guys for the Heat out defeat their matchup? the way or higher than LeBron and Anthony Davis can. That is that what it's going to come down to, the others cuz we always talk about stars. And on this podcast, we like to talk about the others cuz we I think understand better than some or at least better than, you know, a huge national broadcast. We're trying to give you some real conversation here that it isn't only about the stars and the biggest of stars will always tell you that this dude's con- contribution made a huge difference. You know, Richard Jefferson for the Cavs or Mo Spates and Leandro Barbosa for the Warriors uh, in that one year.
2: Hey, and for the Heat.
0: Yeah, Battier for the Heat. Ray Allen's one big shot, not one big shot, but the big shot. You know, so can those Heat secondary guys outperform the secondary guys on the Lakers enough to outweigh LeBron and AD's victory?
1: I think they can, but it's... Not something I'd like to bet on because, like you said, w- when it comes down to these moments, I I do definitely subscribe to, to the thought like you know your leaders carry you, and there's definitely weight to the others, but you know there is like a, there is a world that exists where LeBron and AD just totally, you know, can outclass the series, dismantle
0: just dismantle the Heat,
1: yeah. So, um. I'm hesitant to say it's very important, but I definitely think in a series, a seven-game series, it will matter in at least probably half of the games, I would be willing to bet.
0: That's pretty grounded, right? Like, you're not going to trust Drogic and Hero to win four games, but if they can be the difference in one or two, then there's variables elsewhere that can lead to a Heat upset here. It is kind of what I'm I'm vibing with that, Frank.
3: A- AP for let me just say this: If KCP and Danny Green and say Caruso win, you know, win this secondary battle, Jimmy Butler has to get over twenty points a game. Yeah, that's the that's the only way they're gonna win that. He might you know, gotta get thirty, dude,
0: because he averages Bro, twenty. But, but, and, but seriously and won- though,
3: because there, there's some games where he's like not even there offensively, which obviously he does so much many other things that are not on the stat sheet, obviously, but offensively, like, he has to, like, actually ball out in this series for them to secure, you know, a win. You know, if 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 those secondary guys can't beat KCP and say, you know, those those Lakers secondary guys go off, Jimmy Butler has to pick up that slack offensively. And that's where I'm like, like, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that to just go off, you know, for quarters, you know, three 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 and a half, you know, three and a half quarters until we know what he does, you know, at the end of the fourth. So,
0: Yeah, and Jimmy Jimmy says he's about this, and he's proved that he's about this, right? He, he's done nothing mm-hmm. but prove to us in this playoff that all this yapping he's done is, is a lot of bite and not just bark. Like, he's proven to everybody, the haters and the lovers included, that he's not messing around, and this is a business trip. He said it since day one, uh, especially with Big Face Coffee. But, Frank, I'm actually going to put this next question towards you because I, I personally enjoy – your kind of commentary on, like, the social side of this stuff of, like, where, how people are reacting. So I've I've been seeing two different things of Tyler Hero. I'll say 90% of it is love, adoration, appreciation for, you know, his underdog mentality, and, and, you know, he's not even 21, he's the youngest rookie, blah, 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 all this different stuff, right? I have seen a minor uh, group of people say, all right, dude, he went to Kentucky. He was a lottery pick. It's not like he's a, you know, second-round pick. Like, he's still a great player. He was a blue-chip guy. Is the Tyler Hero love fest warranted, and, you know, should it continue? Or is there a point of diminishing return where it's like, all right, guy. Like, he's an underdog because he's a little smaller, and, and like, he's not, uh, you know, extremely athletic freak talent guy. So like let's chill let's chill out here. So where do you land on that, Frank? Is my point.
1: Um honestly with the way basketball trends nowadays and you know, shooting guards, like I don't mean the position, I mean like guards that can shoot well. Um I honestly don't know his true potential. But I do know that he was a series buster in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um And that's really hard to do. So I'm definitely all in on the love. Uh, I'm definitely riding the wave. And um, I actually saw something not too long ago. Uh, But it was an interview with him, like, pre-bubble, like, with Taylor Rooks. And they're on a boat. And she's asking him a few questions. She asked him why his Twitter handle is RAF Tyler, I think it is. And he's like, oh, I made that when I was like 14 years old. She's like, what does this stand for? And he's like rich and famous, you know? So I feel like <laughs> to, to himself, he has always been that guy, which is something I kind of rock with um, personally. So I'm, I'm definitely kind of in on hero.
0: I like that because you're taking his never... authenticity to approve of all the love and adoration he's gotten because if he was inauthentic, which he – by every stretch of the imagination is not, he seems extremely authentic. So he doesn't, I I think the hate is undeserved. I'm with you. What's up, Duff?
2: Well, I was just going to say like to Frank's point and about that question, I think that's really telling. Like he, he might be an underdog to some people, but in his own mind, he was absolutely meant to do this. And Uh, you can say what you want. He went to Kentucky. He was a lottery pick, yada, yada, yada. Right that does you know that 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 means he's not an underdog people say whatever but regardless of whether you're the first overall pick or the last overall pick and you're undrafted if you're a rookie and you win an Eastern Conference Finals game for your team essentially by yourself by scoring almost 40 points that is a a monumental accomplishment for any rookie in the in the NBA like if you think if you think about in I'm not, I don't mean to compare these two players, but just these two situations. If you go back to 1980 when the Lakers won the finals, I believe against the Sixers, but off the top of my head, I might, might be wrong. But if you go back and look at the stats, like Kareem had a much better series, but because Magic jumped in there and had such a great impact in game six, I believe, he was given the finals MVP. Because it was like, what the hell, this rookie came off the bench, started for the best player in the league, and then the team won? Like, oh, my God, he's got to be the finals MVP. What a moment. This is incredible, historic. That was embraced with open arms. And for any rookie, for any rookie that's a big deal in any playoff series, to to push your team to a 3-1 advantage in the fi- in the Easter Conference Finals, to, to kind of, you know... Look, no three-one lead is safe anymore, right? But to essentially lock up your your spot, that's that's so crucial. And I think he's he he's not an underdog in his own mind, and that's all that matters. Like this wasn't a Ray Allen shot in the corner. This wasn't Shane Battier spotting up in the corners for threes. It's not, you know, Dr- Draymond Green in the finals where he's just hitting those passes off the short roll and just making the next simple basketball play. This is a guy who's creating shots, flying off screens, attacking the rim in the mid range. Like he's doing it at all levels. I'm not saying he's going to do it against the Lakers. I'm not saying he's going to score 40 points a game, but if you have a guy on your team with that confidence, who has that kind of energy, who's so young, that's a dangerous, dangerous X factor because he doesn't like, he doesn't know better than to think he's, you know, a, a real threat to LeBron James's legacy. Like, he's a rookie. He hasn't been proven otherwise, you know? He's, he's thinking to himself, why not me? Why, why shouldn't I be part of this team? Why shouldn't I be a big piece of the equation that's going to knock off LeBron and Anthony Davis and the t- the touted Lakers, right? That's what he's thinking in his head.
1: I, I that's a wanna, dangerous mentality. I love that point to, to like, build off of what we've been talking about in general. Um, the Lakers have, you know, the Lakers are coming out of the, this is, I guess, poker again, I don't gamble at all, so, but whatever, they're they're coming out of the gate, they got their two cards, and they're like, they're on suit, right, they're both spades, or, or it's two face cards, the Heat have like, you know, two cards that are within five of each other, so they can get a full house, they have all the wild card, I think in this, which is like, I don't know my way of summing it up. Uh, that's how that they're going to have to hit the flop. This analogy is They really don't play poker, huh? This ana- I see what you're saying. I see what I, this,
0: you're saying. I, you didn't get your terminology right, but this analogy is actually money. I think this analogy is actually money. Sum, I know it is. The, the sum of the stump- heat parts can potentially out uh, outweigh the two cards of the Lakers, but if the two cards of those Lakers do land right, you can't beat it. You'll get a full house and you're out you meant like a straight or a flush with the heat versus a full house. If God forbid, you know, the two, uh, King pairs of LeBron and AD get, uh, a, a three pairs of nines as well in the, in the fucking flip side, whatever the hell the t- poker term is, then bam, you can't beat that poker. Those ter- yeah, my terms are way off. I think your to f- analogy is <laughs> money as soon as possible. No, my I think brother
2: a... is listening to this wanting to crash his car right now, dude.
0: You know what, Andrew, he does a lot of chirping and where's he at right now? He's not here. So hey,
1: it's mm. <laughs> tell them to leave it in the comments. You yeah, want to yeah. let the core four cook. Tell That's him, tell happened. him
0: to tell him to uh, reply on Twitter. How about that? <laughs> yeah, take it
1: to the Twitter stream. Uh, all
2: right, real quick to wrap up from the Lakers end, which we didn't. Put, I feel like we didn't put a bow on, but I, we can move on. Does anyone else feel like they need to add anything for the Lakers Keila games, or, or are we ready to move?
0: Um. Uh, I'll th- one quick question. I-, I want one line from everybody. What does Andre Iguodala offer in this series? Poof. Does he offer uh, true impact or just vet vet leads leadership stuff? Like I would he- say,
3: le- leadership and big shots, man. I would yeah. say that leadership and big shots. He he can you know he's one of those guys that can definitely you know change the course of a game by getting hot. You know he should he, he did it you know against the Celtics in that in that last game. You know he hit like two or three threes in a row and yeah, got them going. To he
1: finished, but he at least started yeah.
3: like five for five. He's, he went five for five from the field, four
2: for four from three, 15 points. Yeah, he was weird. a plus 20. Ooh,
3: yeah. yeah he, he can get going. So he got I, think, some juice. I think leadership and big shots for sure. I think uh,
2: you're right. He's going to be big shots. He's going to have the confidence to execute in any situation. And I think defensively, he's going to be a bit of a Swiss army knife. Jay Crowder is going to be the primary defender on LeBron. Adebayo is going to be the primary defender on Anthony Davis. But in spots, Iguodala is a guy who can, you know, on a possession, maybe, you know, you're talking for a whole quarter, a whole half, a whole game, can he guard those guys? I don't think he's got it in him anymore, but on a possession-by-possession possession basis, he can win that matchup on any given possession. That's what I see from Iguodala.
1: Yeah, I would, um, I guess I would kind of put him in a similar tier to Dwight Howard like he's gonna have to play the savvy vet role he's gonna have to like pick up in places where his stars kind of need that rest like Duff just said like taking that possession off for Jimmy Butler or whatever just so he can get his get some gas back or whatever um but I I think his impact will be felt largely um I mean she she LeBron's been to nine of ten straight finals. I, Iguodala's been to like how many? Like six, four, six in six, a row, six in a row. So I mean, there's there's got to be at least a little bit of something to that. Like he wasn't Patrick McCall logging zero minutes no. <laughs> in ninety percent of games when that when his teams were doing that. So
2: he's like today's Robert Ori.
1: Yeah, yeah. How kinda. about it? How about it? That's good. I mean,
0: I'm just interested because he is in our generation. He's pretty near. You know, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know, but he's a, he's a legendary type player. Where he not only had individual accolades and an All Star appearance, uh, his numbers went way down. But he's one of those dudes we look at as as a, an all timer in his field. And his field is not dropping twenty five. It is being a disruptor. It is being smart. It is doing the right thing on the basketball court. So we'll see what, what type of thing, uh, what type of wins he can add to these to this series here. So Duff, what, where were you going to go next?
2: All right, so I want to just look at this series quickly through a LeBron James lens. Because we, you know, I feel like we don't really overly talk about LeBron. In a lot of cases, we try to avoid him because, you know, we've talked about him so much in the past or people are kind of tired of it. But if you're not going to talk about him during the finals, when are you going to talk about him? And I just want to talk from a basketball perspective, X's and O's. When I think of LeBron and a lot of stuff we've been talking about in this series, that you guys have been talking about has really aligned with what I've been thinking about all day is this is to me, a bit of a repeat of the, the early strength in numbers warriors. When I think about the heat versus the Lakers, this is, this is a, a we versus me series. And I don't mean that in like the LeBron is selfish and he only thinks about himself. And sometimes he does, but I don't think he's always like that. And especially with his teammates in the locker room, I think, you know, most teammates, except for Kyrie Irving, would speak very highly of LeBron and how he interacts with his teammates. But this is a we versus me series. And, you know, we've been taught that a team who plays together as one collective, one unit, can can overcome one person with talent. And so far in this playoffs, that has been very true for the Heat. But LeBron, in 2018, played—I've never been a LeBron fan. I've never really rooted for LeBron, but in 2018, Game One of the Finals, when it was his last year in Cleveland, the year they ended up losing in five, I want to say, and or one of the years they ended up losing five, th- or was they might have sweep? lost in four. No, I think they lost in four. Sweep? Yeah, because the a...
0: first game when oh, he yeah. when he were, you're about to say right. when he went stupid, they still lost. Yeah, that was the greatest
2: game I've ever seen anyone play, and that was the greatest game of basketball I've ever seen one individual play. And he almost won that game by himself against Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. So we need to kind of keep that in mind that he can, this is two years later. He's, he's older, 17th year, blah, blah, blah. I think LeBron has just as much impact on an NBA game now as he did 10 years ago. I think he does it in a very different way, but I think he's just as impactful. And if things don't go right for the Lakers, early in the series, you always have to keep in the back of your mind that LeBron James, we talk about flipping the switch. He can flip the switch. Yep. You know, The Clippers as a team couldn't flip the switch. LeBron De- James as an individual can absolutely flip the switch in any given moment. And I think Frank was the one who talked about it earlier. He's a guy who likes to get his teammates involved. Or, or Pete, you said if he could score 15 points at 15 rebounds and 18 assists, he would love that because that means he's, he's getting everyone involved and he doesn't have to exert too much energy. But at any given moment, he can exert that energy. He can impose his will on another team. And that's always going to be something that's dangerous. And that's that's why, I mean, you guys can see where I'm going with this, but I, I there's, there's no way I'm picking against the Lakers in this series. I respect the hell out of what the Heat have done. I love watching them play basketball. I love watching them move without the ball. I love watching them share the ball. I love watching them create offense without one singular creator like a LeBron James or a Rondo 10 years ago. But I want to hear what you guys have to have to say about LeBron because I, as you can tell, like I, I think the utmost of him as a basketball player and I really, I look at the Heat roster, I look at Spolstra, Pat Riley, I love hashtag Heat culture, but LeBron James to me is still that dude who can totally impose his will on a series when when he is either at an advantage or it's or it's perceived to be even so what do you guys think about LeBron in this series what are his keys what he you, you know all that stuff so Frank you sounded excited to hop in there what do you think
1: I am excited to hop in because like you um I, you might not share the same word but I definitely did not appreciate LeBron as a younger player and how good he was. And I mean, we, we commonly talk in sports, like kind of guys who will be benchmarks, you know, like worth money. Like, Oh, you get this guy, like your playoff team. This is what you're supposed to be. Yada, yada, yada. LeBron kind of like blows that out of the water. I mean, at this point you can't really argue. Um, During his nine of 10 year stretch, he's taken three different teams with vastly different players to to the finals basically as the guy and no doubt about it that he is the guy um his benchmark is the finals east conference west conference it doesn't matter um and honestly i don't know what more you can say about a player i don't i don't know another player like that that has ever existed um so yeah i mean he like you said i mean i said it earlier in the podcast too he's really probably the one athlete across all sports that I would say has the switch. Like he could be sleeping on the sideline, like in the baseline paint, not doing nothing. Third quarter comes around they're like, Gail LeBron, like we need this game and he'll come out there and he'll be the best player on the court, like instantly. So there's, there's not enough you can say. And even to your point early on, we don't talk about LeBron I feel like usually because we like to talk about stuff that doesn't get talked about at nauseum. and LeBron or it's, or
2: it's fun to speculate about the unknown.
1: Yeah, I mean LeBron it's not unknown. It's you have a championship contending team when he's on it. Simple as that.
3: Uh I I I really think you know we're talking about that switch you know and I think LeBron you know, as opposed to, at least for game one, you know, as opposed to getting other guys involved, I think he's going to really have to be aggressive early and, you know, kind of take over in that first and second quarter. I think the reason is, is because he's kind of one of the, I want to say he might be, well, him and him and Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee are probably the only guys that have been in, in the finals in this situation before, if, if I'm, you know, Danny if I'm Green. thinking correctly. And Danny Green, I'm sorry. Thank you. So I missed one. And Ronda.
0: Sorry.
3: No, you're right. And (laughs) Ronda. Sorry, I missed a few. I did miss a few there. But uh, I, I, I think for me personally, I guess the biggest guy I'm thinking about right now is a guy like AD, you know, who may be, you know, pretty nervous, honestly, just, you know, being in the finals. Let him get comfortable in that first half. You know, let him get used to, you know, bam being physical in that first half. Because I guarantee there's going to be a lot going through his head. Like, how am I going to figure this out? How can I counter his, you know, his physicality? Am I settling for shots? You know, I I guarantee you that's what's going to happen. And then in the second half, he's going to, you know, he he can get going or at least in game two, he'll come in relaxed and and ball out. But I think that first game, LeBron has to take over. You know, he can't really wait you know too late to to take over you know and, and assume that you know what hey case a guy like kcp is going to be ready to go a guy like danny green who has been in all these situations before who still you know isn't really hasn't been that consistent throughout the playoffs you know a guy who you think would be you know at least be ready you know for on a nightly basis to uh to shoot sometimes isn't you know a guy like caruso who isn't who hasn't played in, in the finals before i think you know, it's just going to be LeBron to, to carry those guys to get comfortable and, you know, just realize, like, hey, you know what? Yo, we're in, we're here for a reason. I'm on this team for a reason. This is, you know, I'm, you know, I helped us contribute. You know, I helped get us here. All right? I, I have an impact. I can make an impact, too. And I think, you know, it's good to know that you have that kind of a safety blanket with, with LeBron. We can be like, you know what? Hey. I'll get you guys going, all right? When you're, not, when you're off, I can go, and in the second half, I guarantee you they'll be adjusted for sure.
0: And, and, and that's why, to me, so, and talking about like a player prop or like a, a bet like that, I'm thinking first game, I can't find it for the full series, but I can find it for the first game. LeBron's plus 225 to get a triple-double in the first game. I mean, I'm going to put a shekel on that. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to put a little something, something on that because I agree with what you just said, Kyle. Is there going to be the mindset of, oh, I'm going to just like, try to dismantle them myself right off the jump? Or am I going to get all these dudes' touches? Like the, the 2005 Pistons, they always said, like, hey, we're giving Ben Wallace the first touch of the game no matter what uh, because we need him to touch the ball and like, get him comfortable, get him involved. And if he hits that first shot, we're all going to be hype and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go crazy, Right. So what mindset does he take? Am I going to kill you with with points? Or am I going to kill you by getting my other guys to kill you? And and that's interesting to me. And I think LeBron to get a triple-double for this this series, not just this game one, is really possible. So I want to set an expectation uh, for you guys, and I want you to tell me if I'm crazy or if maybe I'm not even being lofty enough. How high is too high to expect this dude to go? I don't think we could even fathom, unless I was like, yeah, he's going to average 48, 18, and 18. Like, obviously not going to get that. But (laughs) could he realistically average 32, 12, and 12? Because I'm seeing no reason why my man LeBron James isn't going to come out here, mess around, and get a triple-double night in, night out.
2: I think he's going to be right around that. Kyle, I want to go back. I think you made the point of the the segment right there when you said is is LeBron going to look at AD and then this moment's going to be big for him he hasn't played in a game like this let's get him going in the first quarter because if AD walks out of that first quarter with double digit points he's going to have an extra bounce in his step and he's going to realize I can do this and that's something that LeBron can do for his teammates that even even that type of impact he can have on a game where he's not imposing his will but he's helping his teammates to impose theirs that's such that's such an important process. Yes. Um, yeah, super confident, he, you know. do you know, I don't want to go confidence. back to I want to go back to your point. I just want to acknowledge that. So your question, can like, what do we think he's going to average? You know, I think 32, 12, and twelve is is a touch high, because if his teammates are not shooting the ball well, like the assists are always the hardest part of the triple double, right? Because it's really out of your hands at times. Um, I think it's going to be like, not not too much lower. I think I think it'll be right around like thirty nine and nine. I think he's going to be like sniffing triple-double every game. Every single game. It's it's too important to him. I think he's been hearing the chirps. Everyone wants to anoint Giannis, Doncic. What's going on with Murray and the Joker, the Clippers. They're the team of L.A. All this stuff. I think he hears all of it. I think he consumes all of it. And I don't think... You know, he might have lost a step or two in terms of athleticism. But in his impact on any given game i think he's just as impactful now as he was 10 years ago or eight years ago you know whenever you think his prime was i think he's just as good now it's just different so i think 39 and 9 that's what I. that's what i think frank what do you got for lebron's line
1: i mean i kind of agree i think it's very slightly lofty but i i like you guys i do see him getting a triple double or as near to it as you could be. Um I mean it's the finals. The the flip should be switched, you know, game one <laughs> to game seven. There you know, there shouldn't be that little half a quarter where he's waiting to see what's up with his homies like and I think he very, you know, is very aware of that. So I think he's gonna come out hot for sure.
0: Now my right. next my next question in regards to Kyle. oh say my back up. So,
1: no, you're good. You're good. No, I,
3: I think I think right around that number. I think he's gonna be more in like that twenty eight to thirty range. And if it's twelve and you know, I think it's twenty eight say twenty eight, twelve and ten. That's gonna be my guess. And and you know, just one like right before we, you know, move on. For me, like LeBron, if not now, then when? You know, this is literally the perfect opportunity to get his fourth. You know, it's just literally the there's never been a better situation, I think, like in not an easier situation, but just a better situation for him and his team to win a championship than it is right now. You know, the team that they everyone kept talking about was going to knock them off the Clippers is done. You know, they beat the Nuggets in five. So they had more rest than the Heat. He played six so th- there's really no excuse and he he has to like literally smell blood he like if he's not aggressive you know this entire series obviously obviously he probably will be but you know this is this is his series to lose uh, essentially you know it, it's if they lose you know I, I, i'm not going to point it to him but i'm just saying like it was a big opportunity that they that he missed, you know, to get his fourth.
0: I mean, it'll be an L on his resume. I think awareness is a great word. I think Frank just said it. You know, he knows better than anyone else that if they win, haters will say, oh, it was the bubble season. If they lose, oh, you compare this guy to your goat, like to the goat, like this is your king? Like, yeah, right. So he knows that better than anybody else, right? But I also think that all the reasonable people in this world – uh, can look at this bubble and look at these playoffs and what is it, 75, 80 days now they've been in this bubble, this is not an asterisk for it being an easy championship. It is an asterisk for being one of the, probably the most mental, mentally grueling championship runs in the history of the league because of the stress of the bubble and not being with your family for, for 50 days or whatever the hell it was before they were allowed to come. Like, he knows He's aware that no matter what happens, he his legacy gets marked more than anybody else's. If the Lakers lose, you know, unless AD throws out an absolute dud, the blame's on LeBron. And if the Lakers win, unless LeBron throws out an absolute dud, which is not going to happen, LeBron got his fourth, and he's that much closer to being whoever you want's GOAT. And, and, and that's serious, and he knows it better than anyone.
2: P I I love that you brought up the uh, the point about the bubble and the asterisk season narrative because I, I almost forgot I was going to bring this up, but this is absolutely valid of being you know j- just as important of a an NBA championship as we've ever had because of the mental stress that all these players have gone through, and uh, and I'm not and I'm not accusing you of doing this, but like can we just I I am of the opinion. That if you are still having the LeBron Jordan debate, you're just like not a real basketball fan. You that's just like the one thing you know is like, oh, right. I'm supposed to debate these two players and have some kind of take. Well, if like you, I'm just if, if you, you watch a player, a, any I'm sort of so national of
0: sports it. show, they'll disagree with you vehemently.
2: <laughs> yeah, t- what I mean, yeah, Colin Coward's doing that. You know what I know? First take that. I know that Colin Coward doesn't know anything about basketball. I know.
1: That. <laughs> yeah, there <Right>. we go.
2: <laughs> I know. Th- I, th- I think he's great on radio. I think he's good on TV. I think he's got great football takes. He doesn't know jack shit about NBA basketball, think basketball at any level
1: where their hats backward are bad, regardless. We're not going to talk about calm, uh, whatever his name is. This is the <laughs> NBA.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm with, I'm with you though. It's a, it's a tired ass debate, but you know what? It's a debate that one day when we're old heads and, and we got Bluetooth asking where Chuck's been like, we're gonna be talking to our kids when Luca has four championships, and being like, "Bro, you think Luca's this? You should have seen LeBron." And it's gonna happen. Whether it makes it's, such a
3: great point. Yes.
0: Yeah. Whether it's LeBron versus Jordan or LeBron versus the next guy, it doesn't matter, Duff. And I know it's like tiresome. I know it's uh, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Elementary. It's like an elementary debate. It's yeah. something that we avoid on this topic on this podcast because we know you can get it on any channel you turn on your TV. You're not coming here for that specific stuff. But no matter whether we like it or not, we're gonna be having these conversations with our kids and our grandkids about who they think's the best, and we're gonna to have to be like, "Yo, you missed LeBron drop a triple double like in the finals multiple times." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna be that yeah, because
3: it's such an it's such an older argument. You know, I feel like the Jordan LeBron you know debate came about when everyone who was older than us was, like, you know, kind of recognized that LeBron's greatness was, like, kind of close to Jordan. And it was like, well, it doesn't matter because it's – I mean, it's Jordan. It's Jordan. 6-0, 6-0. It doesn't matter. Which, which, obviously, whatever, I, I get, you know, like, is freaking Michael Jordan. But also, it's just, like, like, no, dude, like, it's almost like a pride thing of your generation. Like, nah, dude, like, my generation had the best player that played basketball ever, you know, because I guarantee if you talk to a, a grandparent, they'll probably be like, nah, dude, Wilt. Or you know Oscar Robinson, you know what I mean like they're they're gonna bring up their you know Jerry West, they're so gonna bring Kareem. up their best player. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really just like a you know what I mean it's just a a prideful you know I guess elderly debate you know because you know they feel like their their best player their generation is now being threatened of you know their their greatness when obviously we all just love basketball so
1: E L E. Yoli, Yoli babe. <laughs> everybody love everybody
2: uh i just want to say before we move on to last words i just want to say uh i feel like everyone sh- if if the odds are plus 225 on lebron getting a triple double everyone should bet that every game that's what i'm plus saying. 225 yeah. for a lebron triple double is insane he's the only the person there's even odds like, for his career average is 277 7, and 7 like he he's so close he lives there he's so
1: close he literally lives there yeah.
0: Like mess around and get oh, a triple you know, double, bro. That's him. That's what it is. That's his
2: mind. Yo,
3: before we go to before we go to last word, we didn't none of us uh predicted uh games oh, yeah, good call, who's gonna win.
2: All right, just real quick, just predictions because they don't mean cool. shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go until we're ready right, to go we brag. Yeah, yeah, ex- and yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh Lakers and five.
0: I'm gonna go, oh, go I'm Lakers gonna jump six. I'm, oh, there we go. I was gonna jump in so I don't have to go last. What'd you say, Kyle? Lakers and six. All right, Frank. I'll let you think and go last, and you could and you can make your adjustment properly. I think the Heat. You don't let them hang around, Kyle. It's bad for business. They, they don't get do punked. They don't get punked. Lakers and seven. <laughs> mm. I, I like mean, it. Shit. <laughs> I dare I you, Frank. Do it. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing to lose. These don't mean anything. Maybe
1: Heat and six. He they is to, gonna yeah. average 26 and kill Dwight. I don't know how fucking old he is. They don't they the,
2: the prediction, the contrarian prediction doesn't mean anything until it's over, and then we just dog on Andrew because he was the only one who picked the bucks. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Yeah.
0: Facts. yeah Poor guy.
1: I, can that. I can handle that for taking the heat right here.
3: Yeah.
0: If, you, right, if you take the heat and if it doesn't work out, Frank, then you'll take the heat later too. Bada bing. That's fine. That's fine.
3: Boom. <laughs>
1: All right,
2: let's let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Let's go to last words. Does anyone want to volunteer to go first? Because uh, I'm ready if no one else has thought about these.
1: Uh, um, you know what? I mean, we seem to be pushing Pete. So if Pete is ready, I will definitely like him to take stage. But if he's not, I will give him some time.
0: I'm ready. I can go right now. Let's do it. I feel yeah. like I deserve it. Duff's been d- driving the bus today, so I'll go first here. Um, So I have a, a two-parter. Number 1 is about this player prop that came about in DraftKings uh right when the playoffs started, like not the bubble seeding games, the playoff playoffs. It said will one person in the bubble in the playoffs score 63 points or more. It hasn't happened yet. I don't know I don't I don't know if it's going to happen. 63 points is a lot of points, but we're talking about LeBron James right now and we're talking about having a moment. We're talking about him deciding whether he needs to be a facilitator or a dominator. I think there's one game where LeBron goes absolutely bonkers and scores 63 and wins me 100 bucks.
2: (laughs) I wish I saw that sooner. That's insane.
0: It was like one of those odds boost things. They they did like some crazy odds boost in the the beginning of the playoffs, and I was like, yeah, I'll put $3.67 on this. Yeah, no doubt. All right,
1: Frank, go ahead. All right, so this is definitely going to be a selfish final last words, but we're going to go baseball. No, and-
2: all right, you're going last. Kyle, you go. <laughs> oh, get
1: out of here. World Series prediction, baby. Braves, White Sox, and Braves, and six, baby. Oh. All right, sick. Kyle, you go. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
3: um. Uh, yo, man, I know – i didn't I don't know if I was gonna say this or not, but yo, man, I feel bad for my boy Doc rivers, man, oh, I feel bad, I feel bad for my boy, um, I know the one look, time man, we he, didn't blame him i know I know man, this is the one time. this is like I know he's he's always he's always catching heat, you know, and obviously he had he had c p three Blake and deandre jordan that you know that that circus. In the beginning, and they lost a couple of leads with them, but this one, you know, I, I can I can give you the first two, you know, first two games they blew. And it was three one, and they got it to three three. Got to that game seven. Yo, man, you can't get zero points from Kawhi and PG, bro. You can't. I, and I know I'm probably like you know a couple podcasts, oh one podcast late for this, but dude, like zero points in the fourth and. It, it, you can you can drop whatever the hell you want. You're getting paid that much money. You better give your head coach something. All right. So Doc Rivers definitely deserves blame, but at the same time, he doesn't because Kawhi and PG kind of chickened out, man. That was mm. that was it was soft. It was soft. I don't even know how, how else to say it. I
2: saw Doug Gottlieb talking about it. Ooh. I saw Doug Gottlieb talking about that today, and he is someone who I whom with whom I never agree with ever. Mm-hmm. And he said basically what I said a couple of weeks ago which is like look at the roster. It's like Kawhi's not going to give you the energy and you're going to you're going to sign Reggie Jackson and it's going to be Marcus Morris who shrinks in big moments like late in games, all this stuff. Anyway. RIP Doc, man. The one time I don't blame him for something <laughs> the rest of the world does so is crazy. <laughs> yeah. At least great ba- at least
0: Balmer did. Yeah.
2: All right, so for for my last words, I got a fake prop for you guys. So I don't know when I was I don't know about you guys but you know, I pay really close attention to who's on which teams, and uh, especially in the playoffs, there's not that many left, and usually everyone's important. But there was a guy who got in the game for the Heat. I believe he was number 44, and he looked like a goddamn caveman running around on the court. And I said, <laughs> right "Who on. the fuck is that guy?" Yep, yep. <laughs> it, was, it was Solomon Hill. Yeah, Solomon yeah, Who knew, I knew. It was Solomon Hill? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't I could believe he was on this an uh, NBA play. Finals team.
3: Uh yo Solomon I, 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 Solomon Hill got on the floor and I think I started yelling fucking Wilson like in Castaway. Yeah. It looks ridiculous, <laughs> bro.
1: It I, looks ridiculous. I'm pretty, I'm pretty grungy right now. Like I hadn't gotten a, I haven't gotten a haircut in a while. And I let my beard grow and after seeing Solomon Hill on TV <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That night I shaved. I was like, <laughs> I have to rejoin society. I can't look like that. Bro. That's
2: such a good way to put it. Rejoin society. Oh yeah. my God. Right, so this is, this is my fake prop bet I had for you guys. Solomon Hill over under 1.5 appearances in these NBA
0: finals. Oh my God. Under. Over. I'm taking the over. You going over? I'm over. taking the over. Yep.
3: Garbage minutes at the end of a blowout possibly or like somebody gets in foul trouble so they they have no choice.
0: Yeah, I'm with Kyle over. Yeah. Lock it in. All right.
3: Another another fake prop.
2: Over under 0. 0.5 appearances for Udonis Haslam.
3: Oh, snap. Mm. That's right. to under. probably over. Out, out of respect. Out of respect, I hope the under.
0: Honestly, <laughs> no no I Kyle, I'm with you. Did. I'm with you. Don't 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 pity my guy UD. He don't want your pity 2 minutes at the end of a blowout.
3: Yeah, bro. Don't don't throw him in Just there. Just put him know. on the coaching staff it.
0: payroll and we're out here. Then we're good.
3: Yeah, dude. Let him get his ring in peace, all right? <laughs>
0: no, no. Uh shout out to <laughs> Dion. Wait, wait. O- over over under 0. 0.5 rings for Dion Waiters. <laughs>
3: Oh, yo, dude, I saw that. That's insane. Hammer the over. Hammer, Hammer it. it.
0: He could, he could win. Uh, he's winning the ring no matter what. No matter what. You know how they say we all walk away winners? Who knew that? That was about Deion Waiters this whole time.
2: That right. was like Anderson Vergeau <laughs> in 2016. Yes. About yes. It? Literally yeah, yeah. same
1: thing. Oh, my God. Deion yeah, Waiters played everybody. He... Just ate some edibles, got out of Miami, and landed on the other championship team. <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs>
2: Pretty also, much, that's a win-win-win. I don't know what is.
1: There was also <laughs> somebody snipped an Instagram story. Someone asked J.R. Smith, who is going to be in the finals? Like, oh yeah, Christmas. it was like an, it was in January. Yeah, and he said, "I don't know why." He said, "Call me crazy," but Heat Lakers. He did so. Wow.
0: Him and uh, him, him and Dion took a couple trips together uh, in Joshua Tree. Their
1: third eye is wide open. Yeah,
0: eyes wide. wide open. Shout
2: out, Jared Smith, the Prince of Lakewood, New Jersey.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, that's incredible. I do have one more last words, and it's for uh, this little one who just woke up next to me. Shout out to Shayna, my puppy. She's been quiet this entire time we were been recording. She's been sleeping. Now she woke up and she's playing with a rope, and she still hasn't made a peep. And she's really dope. And that's about it.
1: Uh, yeah,
3: I, I got one I got one more also, man I forgot uh, my brother's uh call this shit last words Derek, for fun I know, man Der- yo, br- Derek and Brian told me to shout them out, man My my twin brothers, they were like, yo, man Shout me out on the podcast, bro, shout me out oh, so, yeah, Derek yeah. and Brian, what up, man Both of y'all suck Never gonna be better than me, but it's all
0: good <laughs> Both of y'all suck You're never gonna be better than me That's If that's not a shout out, I don't know what is
2: Calling your twin brothers never going to be better than you is such a flex.
3: I just, I just wanted them to know because they're like, "Nah, bro, tell them, tell them I'm nice." I was like, "Nah, I'll tell them you suck." How about that? <laughs> Here I I'm am. Off.
1: I'm doubling up on last words too because I mentioned this, but I didn't get it in on the pod. Uh, Tyler Hero dating uh, Kyle Kuzma. One of Kyle Kuzma's many exes, I'm sure, but. Uh, we talked about it briefly. Like, I don't know oh, if it's going to impact the series, but, like, <laughs> who you got between those two? <laughs> Hero, all
0: day, bro. Come on. Hero done who's more known? with... He's
2: me. got a different model girlfriend. Yeah, he. Yeah. Does, that's
0: true. Oh, man. That's funny. But, yo, is there going to be bad blood? Who knows? I don't think so. But I think we could It'd all... Be funny. I think we all know that who's dropping more buckets. We're, we're picking Tyler Hero.
1: Easy. Mm-hmm. Well... But Kudu could just, like, punch him in the face. He is way bigger. You know what I'm saying?
0: That's great. All right. Well, Duffy, I think at this point you should just take us home. So why don't you just close out the pod today?
2: All right. I'm going to do my best. For Pete, for Frank, for Kyle, I'm John Lucas Duffy. Shout out, Andrew, for just coming up soft tonight. But we are the (laughs) NBA Outsiders. And we can't wait to keep you posted on all things NBA finals as we move forward. And also oh, Jets and Giants fans, just embrace this finals. This is the last piece <laughs> of enjoyment in, in sports you're gonna get for the next fourteen weeks. Enjoy that, uh, everyone.
1: About the Yankees Jesus. already, man.
3: Oh my god. Subway Sports. Uh, either
1: way, yo, hold on, you forgot one thing. You got, Where do they find it, Duff? Can you oh, Subway that? Sports
2: Talk on
0: uh, Apple Podcasts app, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever oh, you get your podcasts from. Not, not on Stitcher, but there we go. Count it. All right. Not that, on Stitcher. Count it. Duff, bro, need a little work, but it's okay. I'll put you on the spot there. You got it next time. Don't worry about it.
2: Next time. I didn't want the smoke yet. <laughs> Frank, give it to me. Here. Yeah.